Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christ. Please be seated. The Gospel today, 24th Sunday after Pentecost, says this Jesus touched me, and power went out from him. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, we have in our Eastern Catholic Catechism our understanding of the faith, a special understanding of divine grace. It comes from our understanding of the Holy Trinity and the Incarnation. And by these homilies, as we lead up to the Feast of the Holy Incarnation and birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we are concentrating on who he is and who is God. Now remember, as we begin this course of homilies, that uh, nobody knows God. We only know him through what he's revealed to us. And his greatest revelation has been his divine son, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, when he came among us as a man, in his incarnation. If we step back to look at God, why can't we know God directly? Why does he have to reveal himself to us? Because we are not equipped to know God. If we knew God, we would be, have to be God. And unfortunately, a lot of people in this world do think that. But they're sadly deluded. There's only one God, and he revealed himself to us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why is the relation so important? Because these three persons in one God operate in union. By circumcision, they send forth the life of grace to us. Now, God... He is a loving God, regardless of what you think, because he wants us to be part of his life. To be part of his life means he sent his son, who is like us, a human being. but there was something directly different about him. He was truly God and truly man. Two natures in one person. He's not a schizophrenic. And you don't need to call a psychologist because the psychologists, all they do is uh, uh, studies of other people who are abnormal 
But Jesus Christ is not norm, abnormal. He is normal. He's the Son of God. Out of his love, God the Father sent him. They all, they, they, all three of them were from all eternity, all three persons. And they knew each other very well. And very much uh, in harmony with each other, in prayerfulness with each other, in joy. We go on with those attributes for a half an hour. So it says in John's Gospel, in the fullness of time. In other words, God chose the point at which his divine son would be born. And he came to the virgin. He said, Hail Mary, full of grace. In the Eastern Church, we sing the Radusha, a hymn to Our Lady, Rejoice, O Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. For who is born in you is Christ, God's Son. We sing it in the temple in both uh, English and in uh, Slavonic. It's very beautiful. It's uh, the Eastern refrains for the Anstalic Nunciation. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. How was the Lord with her? He came and rested under her heart conceived by the Holy Spirit, and there rested nine months. Do not have any doubt that no one is closer to the Holy Trinity than the mother of the Divine Son. Do not have any doubt that she is holier than any other person except her Son. Because for nine months she pondered what the child that was growing under her heart and she marveled. This incarnation has to take place in our lives. People talk about being saved. Uh, I don't know what they're saving them from. They're not saving them they're deifying them. The Father sends the Son. The Son embraces us for his passion, death, and resurrection. And he orders us or asks us to join him on the cross. To join him in the suffering. To join him in knowing who the Father is. To join him in being related to the Holy Trinity. That relationship is established by Christ's death where he communicates the deifying energies of God to each and every one of us by the sacraments of initiation I've told you many times. But can you imagine? So this week I've been reading to lectures for the first one for the community about the heart of God. 
I, I don't mean this sacred heart, that devotion to the West. I mean that we're united to the heart of God. Not as something to be stared at or something unique. It is God's heart. It is a human heart. And in that heart is the sum total of love and grace. And from that heart comes forth the deifying graces of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit poured upon the world with the passion, death, and resurrection that resurrects us to death's our mourning and brings us life everlasting. We live with that holy energies, the divine energies of God in us, in our heart. It is a tabernacle of love. Somebody asked me, well, what is your... Uh, what is your what is your religion? I say I'm a Byzantine Catholic, but I should say this: I'm having a love affair with God, and He is embracing me and making me part of His divine life. I am not God, but by special divine energies that flow forth from the Trinity through the Incarnation, the primal sacrament of the Church, I participate in the Trinitarian life, especially in the prayer of the heart. You should never neglect your heart. It's, it's a holy tabernacle. When we come into the Church, into a Byzantine Church, we enter a particular way. We make a profound bow as we come into the second set of doors. The narthex is a place of repentance and, of course, for marriages and things like that. We come in, we praise the glory of God because in the temple God dwells especially in the holy gifts. The same Lord of heaven dwells. And then we make three profound vows and we go to our place of prayer. Some kiss the icons when they come in. It's a good, holy thing. The bishops, when they come, they come up and kiss the iconostas. We're saying hello to the hierarchy of heaven who dwells here and prays with us still. But every day it says in scripture we should pray always. That means that's a big occupation. But every day we should realize God is with us. Nami Bok. God is with us. He dwells with us. And what are we doing? The Holy Spirit has brought those holy graces, those divine energies, and planted them in them. 
And the Holy Spirit, it says in Scripture, prays when we cannot. Why is he praying? He's adoring not just the heavenly king, but he's adoring the spirit in your heart. So when you cannot pray so well, you're sick or you're tired or you're frightened, the spirit's dwelling in you and praying in your heart. Once you are a Christian, you're never alone. God is with you. So one of the greetings, especially in the Ruthenian slab, right, is Namik Bos. Namik Bos. We say, God is with us. And yet he is and he will be. So a Christian is not a person that knows a lot of things about God. That's sort of a head trip. A Christian is one who's fallen in love with God and knows how unworthy he is. A Christian is one, when he reads the sacred scripture, God reveals things to him, always in an orthodox manner. A Christian is one who though know he knows he's fallen and he's going to face death, he is not afraid because God is with him. God is with us because the incarnation So in today's gospel, the line I like so much, it's all beautiful, is that Jesus felt power go out from him. He said, someone touch me. And his disciples and apostles were with him. Well, well, it's a big crowd here. Of course somebody touched you. He says, no. I felt power go out from me. You touch God in your heart, and you're reaching out to him, and your love for him, in the beauty of the liturgy. It takes a long time to understand the liturgy of the church because it takes a person in love to know what the meaning of every word is and to know what's happening. The priest, when he stands at the altar and holds up his hands, and when he perfects the Holy Eucharist, God is doing that in him. He is a remarkable creature of God, the priest. But you are remarkable, too. You're baptized and chrismated. And you come to adore the Lord. So remember, when you come into the Holy Temple where you're at, your mind should be on God, not on your neighbor. But there comes a time to pay attention to your neighbor. When you fall so much in love with God that you shine to your neighbor, that he sees the light in you, when you are always charitable to your neighbor and filled with God's love and you want to tell him him or her about it, 
when they are in trouble and in the consolations of the words of faith. It's second nature for us to do those things because we are filled with the life-giving energies of the Holy Trinity. You can't not love your neighbor when you're in that state of sanctity. And you're all becoming. You're all working there. You're all moving in that direction. You are beautiful. I remember when I was a parish priest, uh, liturgy was always a great event for me. It always has been. But some Sundays, you would know that the Holy Spirit was upon the congregation. You would look out and you saw ecstasy in their faces and their singing. And Bishop was with us at one occasion. I don't tell you whose ordination it was, but I was kind of celebrating at the Holy Table and I looked out at the people. You could see the Holy Spirit was with them. What a joy. The place was swinging. The place was rocking with the presence of God. Those are goat graces, those moments when we see that. But God is always with us and he's reaching out to touch you. And you will feel his power not only in the sacraments but even in your heart. It's not a hard job to be a Christian. It means we live an ascetical life and we're opening the doors to our heart for God to dwell therein. Now I'm going to give you an assignment. You read your Bible and you read there you haven't done this, how many times your heart is mentioned the New Testament. Yes, we are Christians. It's not something we just believe. That's insufficient. Anybody can study theology and know it up and down. But when we fall in love with what God is, and the beauty of his church, the beauty of the revelation of the icons, the beauty of the word of God, the beauty of our Lord in the blessed sacrament, the holy gifts. And God knocks you over, you have fallen in love. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.